What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. Why am I saying fanboys? I'm that tired and that messed up in my head. <laughs> Smartoutmoment.com is the pro wrestling site, Tony. Jesus Christ. I got three more of these to go pretty soon. Two more of these. Uh, even that, oh man, all over the place today. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep, as you can tell. I am your host as always, Tony Mango. Joining <laughs> me as always are Callum Wiggins. Hi. And Robert DeFelice. We are NXT. NXT is horny. Whether or not we are remains to be seen. Let's talk about it. (laughs) We are a lot of things tonight. Hopefully you guys are a lot of things that are good tonight as well. We had some good things going on this pay-per-view here for NXT Stand and Deliver that we're going to be breaking down. We got some uh, nitpicks that I'm going to be talking about too. You know, there's always a little bit of good and bad in almost everything. I see we got some people in the chat right now. We got uh, Peter. We got Marco. We got Carlito Caribbean. Cool. That's cool. We got Marco, uh, we've got Sniper God, and we got the guy one, two, three. So uh, chat it up in the chat, everybody, and tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, and everything else that's happening there. Um, I, I'm i feeling, for all things considered, for being sick right now and for being tired and all that, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, how you guys feeling? I feel I feel great. I watched this show from my couch. I like got to watch it like a fan. It Genius. added to the experience, so I feel good. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it, for the most part, it was enjoyable time. It went by pretty quickly, and I got to lay down throughout most of it, so that's fine. Hell yeah. I'm very envious I, I of didn't, you guys. I didn't, stand, I, I didn't stand as the title suggested. Did you deliver anything, then? What did you deliver? <laughs> um, food got delivered during the show. Nice. Oh, <laughs> All right, what'd you get? Uh, just some McDonald's. It, it feels like that's the sort of that, that sort it's that sort of weekend. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna cook at all. What's your go-to McDonald's order? Uh, I take the. Uh, uh, should I reveal this? It's a bit. Yeah, uh, I take. I take the um on my own. Have the twenty uh McNugget share box. All right. And one large fries and one medium fries. Nice. <laughs> fry and a medium fry. <laughs> I was expecting you to say one large fry and and then follow it up with like um you know a milkshake Shake or something or like something. that. <laughs> yeah, not and a medium. No, fry. I, no, I, no, I just take two bunch of fries and all those chicken nuggets. Yeah, the, I mean nice. those nuggets, as much as they aren't chicken, they are pretty good. They're good, <laughs> whatever they are. Uh, I had a chicken sandwich for uh, lunch today. What'd you eat, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> I, I munched out on some potato chips and some brisk. I'll be ordering a pizza before WrestleMania. Nice. Brisk is great. So we got snack talk out of the way. Let's get into NXT stand and deliver. We had several matches here. We had a contest of who's hotter. We had a couple oh. other things here and there. Um, we're going to break things down from start to finish here, starting off with the kickoff. And as we go along here, we want you to not only chat if you are in the live chat, but if you're listening to this afterward, leave a comment below. Tell us what you thought about this. If you are checking us out on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. If you haven't done that already, ring that little notification bell as well. Hit the share button, pass this along with everybody else. And if you are in the same camp as Chris Marin from last night, where you want to hit the join button and get access to the members only content, that is the same thing as the Patreon, patreon.com slash smartoutmoment, not Fanboys Anonymous, but you can support Fanboys Anonymous <laughs> if you want to support that as well. It's all kind of the same thing. It's all under the same A Mango Tree umbrella or tree, whatever you want to call it. And uh, <laughs> it's a nice day out. It's not uh, anything for an umbrella. But uh, uh, yeah. I see Peter's got a slice of pizza is. and three rice balls. 
<laughs> some arancini. That's so that's so odd. <laughs> so let's get into the kickoff, which uh, the pre-match side of the kickoff didn't have too, too much going on from my notes. They had a little segment here where Idris Anofe was hyping up Malcolm. I'm not Malcolm Bivens, hyping up Malik Blade, Malik Blade. when they were interviewing uh, Malcolm Bivens. He kind of interrupted the whole thing to show that Malik Blade had a gift basket that he was going to give to Mandy Rose because he's got a crush on her. And it because turns out he's horny. Could very much so. There's multiple instances of this throughout the night, uh, throughout the day, I should say, midday. Still thinking that it's night. Uh, and if they played a prank, though, a little late April Fool's thing where he actually let him into Imperium's locker and Blade comes out and he's like, oh, I'm going to be scarred for life on that. Well, yeah. also, he gave terrible advice when going into any locker room and said, Don't knock. <laughs> be a man and just barge in there what's the worst that could happen and i guess he saw some uh walter penis maybe <laughs> not some gunther penis. <laughs> <laughs> not, not. uh let's see what else that happened on the pre-show they did a little segment that they did later on in the night where indy hartwell and persia perota had gone shopping because they wanted to buy dexter loomis and Duke Hudson, Duke Hudson, some cowboy outfits. You know, who's going to be the sexiest cowboy in Dallas kind of deal. Because they're horny. Again. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the uh, five, maybe, instances throughout the night of that. Um, outside of that, though, we had the match. The NXT Women's Tag Team Championship was on the line. Toxic Attractions, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane defended against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez in a match that was pretty decent. Uh, not my least favorite match of the night by any stretch of the imagination where I liked that they incorporated a couple little character moments here and there. One being Dakota Kai is super happy again. And if you had any doubts about her being a baby face, she's slapping the hands of the fans going to the ring and everything. And they are telling the story that now that she has gotten over the broken friendship with Raquel Gonzalez, now she is back to being happy go lucky and everything which is good because, hey, now that means that her fractured psyche was a matter of being guilty over ruining her friendship. It's a nice little moment that they kind of mentioned and brushed over a little bit here and there. But I also even more particularly liked that they incorporated Wendy Chu back into the mix. Because if you had seen on NXT, they had a scenario where Wendy Chu had been taken out by somebody, you would assume toxic attraction, and... Then they do the Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez reunification. And Wendy Chu is just not a part of it. And we were kind of criticizing that, saying she just gets pushed aside. Well, she gets incorporated into the finish here. She hits Gigi Dolan with a pillow, and that doesn't really do anything because it's a pillow. So she throws coffee at her face. <laughs> I liked it. I, uh, I'm not sure if I really like the idea that Toxic Attraction lost the tag titles because I really wanted Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez to go up to the main roster. But, you know, at least they're going to get a proper, seemingly, run with the tag team titles. They've already held it longer than what they did before, because they only held it for an hour the last time. And uh, since this was a pre-show, look at that, they're already beating their record. So, all things considered, this gets summed up for me. How'd you guys feel about it? I liked it. I think Callum was the one of us that said they would actually win the belt. And I'm here for it. I told you that I felt like it was just sort of resetting the tag title scene, which is just odd. Like they just went back a year and were like, okay, let's, let's go back and try to do this right this time. But I like it. 
I like Dakota. I like Raquel. If they're not ready for Raquel on the main roster, by all means, don't rush her if you don't have anything for her. So hopefully they can have fun. I thought I thought it was fine. It was to be honest, I thought it was just kind of there. It was it was an okay match. I didn't think it was anything particular particularly special. The Wendy Chu involvement was probably the the highlight of the entire thing. And even then, it's just a case of, wow, you let her hit one of the champions with a pillow and throw coffee in her face, and not a DQ. Okay, that's kind <laughs> of the uh, kind of the leaping logic. But then again, every promotion takes a. Uh, takes uh liberties when it comes to that kind of thing when it comes to finishes so yeah i understood the reference for it and yeah i think that it's a better place to have those two as tag team champions they get to have a decent run with it the team that beats them eventually will probably get a bit more uh shine off of it because those two are i mean raquel's former nxt women's champion dakota kai is one of the most tenured people that they have in the women's division there so yeah decent match decent way to kick off the show uh, peter in the chat saying uh i'm surprised that tony didn't play any pranks yesterday for april fools um a couple people got fall, uh, fooled by that uh tamina and dana brooke <laughs> added to the card as the kickoff thing i sent that to a lot of people over the course of yesterday and uh some people fell for it uh he also says see, that he thought that mandy was definitely losing after this that the uh, toxic attraction was going to get called up I was kind of thinking the opposite, actually. I was like, oh, you know what? Uh, Toxic Attraction loses this, but I'm pretty sure that Mandy's going to retain, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, at the end of the kickoff, we started getting the entrances for the North American Championship match. And, you know, uh, Santos Escobar comes out, Sol Sokoa comes out, Grayson Waller comes out. We're transitioning into the main card of the night. And... That already made me go, okay, I knew that this was going to be Carmelo Hayes, Cameron Grimes, and probably not any of the other ones, but that really signaled it for me of, it's down to those two. With that being said, though, I thought that this was great. The North American Championship ladder match had moments where almost everybody had their little time to shine. They had uh, a little part that I liked a whole lot where... I wrote it down. It's kind of like an Oprah thing of you get a jump to the outside and you get a jump to the outside or whatever. Cause everybody was doing it. It was like Escobar did a tope and then Solo Sikoa did a jump in some fashion. I forget what he did. And Cameron Grimes launches himself and Grayson Waller gets himself all hyped up. He's ready to run the ropes and go do this. And he grabs a ladder. <laughs> like That's a good little heel moment there. I like that quite a bit. Um, love the sunset flip power bomb from Santos Escobar. That was great. I liked Sangha just breaking the ladder with his bare hands. We had a whole segment in here where all the extras, because it was Sangha and it was Legato and uh, Trick Williams, they all just got involved in kind of about like three quarters of the way through the match. They were the ones doing all the action. So that makes sense. Everybody's beaten down. So let's get all the extra people to help out and whatever. I also like the idea that Grayson Waller had a moment where he was going to retrieve the belt and he was debating whether or not he wanted to do that or jump off the ladder. And they were playing it off as it, does he want to go viral or is it more important to get the championship? You know, does he have like, which uh, motivation is stronger for him? It's a good little moment that explains why he didn't end up grabbing the title and why he later on would jump through a ladder and, seemingly injure himself hopefully not uh, i haven't seen anything that indicates whether or not he actually is injured uh do you know anything about that rob by any chance 
Don't seem like it. Look, I mean, I saw his arm go limp. So I think from the naked eye, he's injured. But let's hope not. Because it was a nasty, nasty, nasty bump. I can't believe he took that, honestly. Mm. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, you should probably be worried that his arm goes viral after. Yeah. After. <laughs> <laughs> so I like this match quite a bit. And I... I'm endorsing the idea that Kyra Grimes is the new champion. What I loved was the urgency in the finish. Mm-hmm. Like Carmelo is like, I want to win. He gets taken down by Santos who immediately gets hit with the double stomp from Cameron who flies up the ladder because there's urgency in needing to win the match. Everything from uh, Waller jumping through the ladder to the finish was like maybe five minutes, but it all felt proper and urgent, and that's good. Yeah, I think that uh, I think this was the match of the night for me by a considerable margin, I'd say. But all the people just flying about all over the place, doing your classic multi-man ladder match, loads of great spots. I think there was a lot of innovation. One of the things that I liked the most actually was one of the most simple, which was um, Solo Sokoa doing the kind of Umaga uh, drive into the corner and then into like three people with a bunch of ladders. And then what I like most about it is the last guy comes out and he just pushes the ladder forward and Solo just catches it with his hand really lightly and it's just like, oh, okay, that looks pretty cool. But yeah, there was lots of high-risk stuff. The, um, uh, the cave-in on the ladders on the outside where like, you had Carmelo get involved in that as well like the Carmelo was more kind of interested in showing off than getting the title whereas Waller decided, was always in a constant battle in his mind about whether he does something exciting or he does just go straight for the title belt he was the clear like main heel of this match I'd say like he was the one that the crowd was totally against winning and he gets that huge dive that looked gnarly and always in every single way because it's just the ladder didn't break at all it just bent while he went through it and it's yeah it's i hope that he's not injured but i wouldn't i i can't say that i wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't badly injured after that uh but having grimes win as, as rob says in the urgent way that he did and getting up the ladder like just climbing up there really quickly getting to have that moment of standing on top of it the crowd celebrating he points up to the sky to remember his father and yeah it was a, a really good moment i think it's about time that grimes held gold on the on the nxt roster that's another thing that i sort of felt like was resetting a year because it seems like he could have gotten there a year ago but i'm i love this i love this move and i gotta say the crowd was super into uso they were they i don't know if it's just because they know that he's their brother but they were all about Solo I mean, if they're going to chant Uso, which I mean, you would assume that they would. I really think that when he eventually comes to the main roster, they need to just be like, look, he's one of the Usos. Let's just do it. You know, you're not yeah, going to pull the wool over just, everyone's eyes. Well, I think he should just come up as the third Uso. Me now. too. Yeah, just but do it. The, the crowd is chanting Uso at him. He does all of the Uso's moves. He's like, he should just go up there's there's really no reason in keeping him in nxt forever because what's the case like okay he might win the north american championship if you push him heavy enough he might win the world championship but realistically i mean, realistically if you're going to bring him up and he's probably just going to be an uso anyway what's the point of making him world champion i thought it would have been a really cool moment if like 
either the Usos or Heyman was in the arena and just sort of pulled them aside like, hey, don't worry about losing. Come on, we, we need you tomorrow night because Roman's going to need help with Brock. You know? I mean, or if they really want to do something really fun with like a tie-in with the bloodline, they could pretty much just have a quick, quick thing where he's backstage talking to Heyman and Heyman could just be like, remember, you're representing the family. Like You don't even have to imply anything else. Just that, and then be like, you know, hey, that's because of the bloodline, like that whole kind of thing. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, everybody having some good spots here and there. Uh, this is a good way for Hayes to lose the championship without looking weak because he didn't take a pinfall. He didn't tap out. He gets to be like, you know, hey, I'm the one who volunteered to fight five people in a ladder match. And I didn't really lose the championship. You just climbed up a ladder. Then fuck you, pal. You know, and that frees up uh, Carmelo Hayes to move up to the main roster, frees him up to move up to the NXT championship picture. I don't know what the future has in store for him. I thought I knew what was in store for him. And then something else happened on this night that made me go, maybe I don't. Okay. <laughs> so that, uh, that was a good solid match. My favorite match of the night. Definitely. And then that transitioned us into the Tommaso Ciampa versus Tony D'Angelo match, which started off with Ciampa doing Triple H's entrance, you know, spitting the water out, and then doing the Shawn Michaels uh, pose inside the ring, which I thought was really cool. Yep. I didn't know that just, okay, I thought I was the only one that, that thought that, it was cool. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't really have much else to say beyond on what i've said so far so hmm. yeah, yeah that was one of yeah. my favorite moments of the night actually <laughs> i thought so um i really like that there was a where's my pizza chant during this match <laughs> and this match overall it gave me the sense that champa was fighting from underneath and he really wanted to make sure that he would win his final match and whatever he lost ultimately and he lost in part due to something that he had set up he, he had pulled the ring mat on the outside away and exposed to concrete. And it was Tony D'Angelo that hit a DDT and then ended up scoring the pin through that. I thought that the ending was flat. I don't know if I would have gone in that direction of you DDT on the outside, you put him on the inside and then he just goes for like a kick and kind of a lackluster finish. But ultimately I thought it was okay. Um, not my favorite match of the night. But I liked even more so what happened afterward, which was Ciampa had a little moment to have his thank you Ciampa crowd chant. And when he was coming back up the ramp, Triple H came out to give him a little embrace and just kind of show him some love. Um, I'm realizing right now that I have the wrong graphic up on this. Side. It says event preview and predictions rundown. That is completely the wrong thing. <laughs> so I'm going to change that uh, as you guys are talking. Uh, what do you guys think about Tony D'Angelo versus Tommaso Ciampa? The match itself was whatever. Like, it was Ciampa plays the hits. Everybody knows it's Ciampa's last match in NXT. He said as much on Tuesday. I, I loved the entrance, the Triple H water spit into the Shawn Michaels pose. That was really cool. Good match. I'm not excited to see the NXT of Tony D. That's just my take. Like, he's fine but I'm not blown away by it. I had no idea who the guy was. Um, the, yeah, I have no clue who that was either. 
Uh, they he's, shut a, down. he's a boxing promoter. Oh, okay, cool. They had shut down uh, a, a playful, but I guess all things considered, incentive chant of "Where's my pizza," which they were chanting at the guy and Tony D. But it seems like uh, that was settled down quite quickly. Look, the DDT on the concrete didn't hit. That was the first weird thing to me that it just really looked like Tony D goes into more of the concrete than Champa, and then the double kick didn't really feel that effective. But it was what it needed to be—a flat moment for the audience, so they could boo Tony and really get into, "Hey, it's Champa's last match." And then the camera cuts, and I'm like, "They they can't possibly be doing this right now. It's a live event. Like, what are they doing?" The the peacock, oh, we're going to commercial for. And I guess that's because they did, because the Triple H thing happened, and then Vic Joseph says, if you have Peacock Premium, you saw this. So Oof. I guess that's the kind of thing that they did actually cut to a commercial for. But the Triple H thing was awesome, exactly what it needed to be. I got a little emotional at it, because it's just like, Ciampa was like the last... NXT pillar that was still there. So cool moment. Excited to see what Ciampa does next. And happy to see Triple H. Any other thoughts you guys have? Yep, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that the match was, again, it's one of the ones that's kind of there. I thought it was good when Ciampa was on offense and then when Tony was on offense, it was kind of there. Eh. It was just, it was slow and boring and methodical. And yeah, the DDT on the concrete didn't look great. The the kick at the end just it seemed really weak and light. Actually, mm-hmm. he just didn't actually want to hurt the guy, and so it made the pinfall seem very flat as well. So uh, in terms of Chumper's entrance, the thing that I enjoyed the most was that whole like little rundown, like montage of his career in NXT up until like uh, to the point where he came out. I thought that was really well put together and WWE's production team is always very good so I, I was had no doubt that was going to be well put together but yeah the match was there it's it's a way to get Tony D'Angelo a bit more momentum and we'll see where he goes from there I presume him versus Cameron Grimes for the North American Championship might be the direction they go with somewhere down the line but yeah it was something that happened the the main story is the thing that happened afterwards with Chumper getting the ovation from the crowd the hug from triple h and all that great stuff so yeah it was a your typical nxt pillar emotional send-off and we have to see what's next for champa because it's kind of up in the air it seems i also want to point out i believe this is the first on-camera appearance of Simone johnson she was in the video package she was one of the people that was walking into the room and watching the video of champa Oh, I didn't even notice that. I don't remember her popping up in anything else, so yeah, it might be. As far as Ciampa's future is going, uh, how do you guys see this playing out? Guys, Peter in the chat saying the uh, he thinks that he's just going to be released because he's another Triple H guy. I'm leaning more towards he actually is going up to the main roster, and I think that his unannounced but uh, eventual appearance in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is another indication of that. I think he's going up to the main roster, and I think he's... Spoilers. If you don't subscribe to Fightful Select, you should. I think he will get paired with Edge. I think he'll turn mm. heel. 
get paired with Edge. I didn't think about that. That's a yeah. Hmm. I mean, I know what I want to happen, which is he leaves because I don't want anyone good working for this company. Ah, look, I agree with that. So I want him to leave and reunite with Gargano and the Independents. I don't really even want them going to AEW. Not even AEW, really. It's too crowded in AEW. We got Ring of Honor. Yeah, maybe Ring of Honor. Maybe it's like they're like a Ring of Honor team. But I think that I think other places need to have talent of that caliber now because other companies aren't going to get elevated if they don't bring in some top names like that. And it's not like AEW needs Chumper and Gargano, as great as they are. I'm and fully hoping that he goes up to Raw or SmackDown. I don't know where I, I would really rather he, have him. He's, he's, he's just going to be a mid-card. But I want to see these matches that I didn't get a chance to see. I want to see him have a match with Orton or, like, uh, you know, feud with Kevin Owens or something, you know? Like, there's a lot I want to see. I'll put it like this. I think he's going to be in roster for at least the next several weeks. And I hope to see him get with edge but if he goes i wouldn't be too brokenhearted about that because there's a lot of good he can do in the wrestling world hmm. well like with everything else drop a comment everybody tell us where you think uh you're gonna see champa next and then we moved on to the nxt championship uh tag team championship i should say triple threat match we got a creed cloth rally towel thing going on with the creed brothers MSK has their DJ entrance, and Imperium has a shitty new theme. Ugh. I'm not, I'm not brokenhearted by it. You could see that this is the direction they were going. They want to own everything again, but and that's a royalty-free song. They want to own everything, though. They don't want royalty-free. Look what happened with Jeff Hardy. I think that that's just so lame. Because I'm like, man, Ninth Symphony is so good. And it like, is, especially for uh, Walter, but I understand it, and even if I don't like it, so I hated that. I was actually a little bit disappointed in the match itself. I didn't dislike the match by any means, but I thought it could have been better. And there were only a couple notes that I had written down here and there. One of them being just a little stupid joke. Uh, Barrett had called a uh, Marcel Bartel the sour-faced German, and I wrote down, "Is he a sauerkraut?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> I liked MSK flipping around. Uh, Peter says too many flips, but I was shocked to see MSK win the titles. I thought this was easily going to be a Creed Brothers win. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to point out at least one move in the match, which was that cannonball from one of the Creed Brothers. <laughs> yeah, which by pop, uh, which Brutus. Because it's like you never see that. Who just okay? Let's do a cannonball. <laughs> Um, I like the suplex, the different take on the Tower of Doom. I was very, very surprised the MSK win, and this again felt to me like, hey, you want to do it again? But, like, this time we'll have fans and a clear direction. <laughs> like, you know, MSK's fine, but even as an NXT tag team, even though I don't think there's a lot for them on the main roster, as an NXT tag team, I think you've done all you can do. You know, I, I was very surprised to see them get the win. I also want to point out 
uh, Joe Pearl told me this on Twitter that it looks like the people uh, beating up the Creed brothers and dismantling their locker room and all that is pretty deadly. And I don't know how I feel about them on the main roster, on the uh, the NXT side of things, because I wonder how they would fare. They are characters, though. They don't strike me at all as the type that would be doing that kind of an angle. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if it is them and where that goes. But MSK, man, I'm just sort of like, eh, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, again, it's one of those matches that's was good in places, other places just a bit blah, a bit too, bit too much stuff happening all at once. I think that just by watching the match, you could tell that the two members of Imperium are by leaps and bounds better wrestlers than both members of MSK and both the Creed brothers. They were just everything they did was so crisp and so I would say flawless, but like so well put together. Whereas the other two were a bit all over the place. You could also tell there was a, as seems to be the case with every MSK match, a select portion of the audience that were mm-hmm. close to the microphone and booing very loudly, especially when Nash Carter was in the ring for reasons which I don't think we really need to go into. But if you're following Twitter at any point in time, you probably know what they are. Um, yeah, so I'm surprised that they got the win because of that, pretty much for that reason as well, because... You know how um, WWE kind of wants to steer away from those sort of things. They've seemed to have like decided to steer straight into it. I think they're good if you've been keeping up on Twitter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah just to very quickly address that. Uh, Kimberly had tweeted something about you know kind of damning Nash Carter for something we don't know what, and then today is like now nah, we just had like a married squabble, which was just like, well, it's a much better end of the story than i thought it was going to be but at the same time it's just kind of that was an unnecessary detour okay moving on kind of a deal you know what i mean like yeah but it is kind of also to the effect of a mixture of what rob said is the fact that these two have already been at this position and it doesn't seem like they they gain anything from being champions again Mm -hmm. and also the fact that they're going to go back to the going back to nxt going back to the uh that arena where everyone hates them and now they're champions, which means they're probably going to hate them even more. Unless that's the plan to turn them. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like it. None of their mannerisms suggest that they're, they're turning heel. Well, not, not yet, but I mean, like maybe they're thinking long-term we'll take them back to Orlando. We'll have a run with them as a heel and then send them on their merry way. Yeah, I, I, I was convinced the Creeds were going to win this one as well, and then they would immediately have a feud with the people that have been that took them out of the match earlier for the titles, but they, I guess they're doing that separately, and I don't know who would challenge MSK next. The only real team that seems to be in any sort of position to do that would be Legado, but I don't think that they're... Brooks they're and Jensen. Or Briggs yeah, and Jensen. And they're babyface and <laughs> stuff. You always call them Brooks and Jensen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I assume it's going to be Carmelo and Trick Williams probably Actually, Well, the, the weird yeah. thing about this was I figured not only did I assume that the Creed Brothers were going to win but I was like alright well if there's an off chance that they don't win it's going to be because that other team attacks them because this is an ODQ match and we didn't see that other team so that was strange to me to be like not only are we going to go with the people who didn't win the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic which at this point both tournaments utterly useless 
with the way that things played out. Yeah. But it's like, we're going to go back to MSK. We're going to roll out the Dusty Cup as being worthwhile. And we're going to set up an angle where we could have had the Creed Brothers lose because of some interference, but we ignored it too. They're kind of all over the place with this. And I don't know if that's one of those scenarios where the original plan was, let's put the belts on the Creed Brothers and we can do the Dusty Cup and whatever. And then just plans just changed. And they were like, it's going to be messy, but we're going to get to this point. And then after stand and deliver, we just have a reset and then we'll figure it out. I'm getting that kind of vibe a little bit, but no mention at all, uh, or no appearance at all of this mysterious tag team. And I My know, guess is they strange. wanted that reveal for the TV show. Mm. And maybe they just, maybe that other team couldn't travel to Texas or whatever, you know, you never know. In any fashion, MSK are the tag team champions right now and started to get a little bit of a theme going here of champions changing hands. So we went from that over to a couple little extra interstitials, a little vignette for Nikita Lyons. And then uh, we had a little Joe Gacy thing talking about the JFK assassination. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what was that, by the way? Oh, and I hope it all stays peaceful peaceful from here on out but that's up to you guys like are you saying that you would be willing to assassinate the president you weird person like what what was all of this it's his new finisher where he does like some kind of a move and he goes back into the left or something. <laughs> in any fashion it switched over to another championship match the fatal four-way for the nxt women's championship and Again, like they did with the uh, Cameron Grimes and the uh, Carmelo Hayes entrances being the two that are on the actual card, I felt like this was, all right, it's Cora Jade and it's Mandy Rose. And then in between them, they just happen to have Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. Uh, Cora Jade has, they referred to them as what, like the the skateboard company? I it think. Was it the Devotion Skateboard Company? I couldn't catch the first thing, so I thought that they had just said the skateboard company, which I was like, that's pretty... It's the Devotion Skateboard Company. It was, you know, just some skate skateboarders mm. around her, and then she didn't... Skate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it's actually quite uh, refreshing to see um, some people during Cora Drake's entrance that can actually skate. Yeah, like, so I'm getting the vibe, and I saw some of this on Twitter, that she legitimately cannot, and they just said hey this looks like you so why don't we go with this but i guess you can't skate so they don't this, this is this side also hit twitter like several months ago because everyone got super pissed about how darby allen called her out on the fact that she can't skate when obviously he skates the ring as well just thinking that she's like a ripoff and this is a perfect opportunity skate down to the ring we just have to go to go down the ramp that's all we need to see and yeah no, she'll just carry the skateboard she'll just carry the skateboard because yeah, she probably thinks that she's gonna fall over if she does that like shit like i i'll admit i don't know how to roller skate I never learned how to roller skate. Never really cared to. But I can't imagine with a skateboard that it would be all that difficult to learn how to just go down the little ramp like that and skate around the ring one time. Like you're learning how to do way more complicated maneuvers in the ring. I'm pretty sure you could stand on a board. So that well, well, well to be fair, she's learning them. She's not exactly picking them up. In any fashion though, like they really should have if she doesn't know how to skate, she should have learned by now. If she does know how to skate, why is she walking to the ring with a skateboard? It's just dumb. It's weird. So it's either a bad decision creatively or why didn't you learn it yet? 
in any fashion it's wrong why am i saying in any fashion so much today that is the phrase i'm gonna try to nip that in the bud uh but <laughs> she has a special entrance to a certain extent and so does mandy rose she comes down from you know the heavens so to speak with these angel wings and wade barrett's gushing over do you recognize that podium <laughs> which i thought was really funny I- I popped for that. She asked me for it, and I gave it to her because she deserves it. And she's got a new NXT championship belt. Yep. A tinier belt. Yep. Which immediately made me go, is that for Corey Jade? Because I don't think she's winning this match. I think that Mandy Rose is winning it, but maybe Corey's going to actually win it. I like the look of the belt, by the way. Looks good. You got a white strap. You got a couple little tweaks to it, but... They kept the old school logo, which is good. We'll talk actually more about that in a little bit, but I like it. What do you guys think about the belt? I like the belt a lot because they added an effect that if you look at it in the right light, you can see the all the different colors that's now associated with NXT. And I think it's just good that they have a new belt because they completely rebranded. So why have the old belt? It's 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 nice. I like the white strap. Again, I don't really go see Gaurav belts unless they look like amazing. And I think this, it looks good. So I've got almost nothing to say about this match itself. I've got things. I've got things to say. Because <laughs> it went it went pretty much how I expected it to go, which is it was good when Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai were wrestling, and it was bad the rest of the time. <laughs> and that's basically the pattern. And, yeah, it was... You could, t- you could tell immediately, like, I don't have many notes again about the whole match type spot by spot, but there was a few things that I recall. Uh, one was um, they did like this symphony of dives to the outside. So Cora hit a dive onto Mandy on the outside. Then Kaylee goes to hit a dive on Cora. Uh, Cora does not catch her properly at all. And so Kaylee hits hard on the ground. And then just to show how the professionals do it, you know, then did a moonsault off, which Kaylee caught expertly and landed very comfortably. So, you know, basically just like was dropped like a feather onto the ground. It's like, Ah, see, that's how like, wrestlers do it. And then and then we had to watch more and more of Mandy and Cora trying to do stuff. Cora, when she gets, like, angry and, like, mad and she hits those really weak strikes on the back of either Mandy or Kaylee Ray and stuff like that, it's just like, oh, God, just... Can you actually learn how to somewhat fight in these instances? It's just really embarrassing how lightly she was hitting all these people and... Yeah, and yeah, it just went through a cycle of it was good for the parts where Kaylee and Eo were wrestling each other or they were the ones in control of the spots. Mandy was there to, she was fine. She was doing the things that she needed to do. And for the most part, I thought Cora was really an embarrassment in this match and has shown that she doesn't really belong this high up in pecking order, even in NXT. So you loved it. I thought the ma- I thought the match was a disappoint disappointing mess overall, and the wrong person won because it's just it's just maintaining stuff at the moment, which is that the, apparently NXT is about all the fresh and new, and well, as we'll talk about later on as well, the two main champions are two well, essentially people that weren't good enough to be on the main roster anymore. Spoilers, man. Uh, um, I thought the match was fine, but like I, I admittedly I wasn't watching this like super critically. I was just like, this is nice to be 
sitting on the couch and watching <laughs> NXT. So I, I thought it was fine. I'll tell you something, though. Dallas loved themselves some Mandy Rose because when she won this match, they popped like crazy. I don't Wait, know no, why. That, that one person's Randy for Mandy. <laughs> they, yeah. There, there was a side of the crowd. E- everyone, I, yeah, Mandy was like super over in, in, in this crowd. And it's just a case of. Pretty girls. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's just a case of like she. Everything they've done building her up is that she's the heel. She's got the group surrounding her. She cheats to win. Then you immediately decide to do the thing which they seemingly can't do which is their big heel champions are the gutsiest baby faces in their entire promotion where you essentially have all three of the baby faces surround the heel like okay we're all going to be up the hill now and mandy fights them all off on her own before like she gets overwhelmed by all of them and yeah that's okay that's how you want to do it that's totally fine but i just don't think that I think you're making her a baby face when she should be your top heel. And yeah, having her win, it makes sense because EO has already been champion. I think Kaylee probably should be at some point, but they don't seem to have that same sort of investment in her. Cora is totally not ready for that position yet. I just don't know who's next. Nikita Lions. Yeah, Lions. Talk about talk about someone who again is not ready. It, let's put it this way: if she survives the match with Last Legend, then maybe. <laughs> but I think that uh, that is a recipe for disaster, right there. Last Legend, by the way, is my current pick for that. She is going to team with somebody and become the next tag team champions. Look, they seem to like what they have, and. I said it before with Raquel, if you got nothing for Mandy on the main roster, which I can't believe that you wouldn't, especially now that she's this heel with a team around her. And she also has Sonya in her back pocket and keep her on NXT. But like Callum said, it does become concerning of who's next. Or do you just stretch this out into another single with her and Cora? And just put it this way. She's beat in this match. She beat the two, probably other best wrestlers in on the roster for the women's division for NXT outside of probably Wendy Chu, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. And she's already beaten Raquel. She's uh, Deco- now Dakota's tag team champion and Wendy Chu might be positioned to be the next challenger because everyone does things like Wendy Chu and she's a very good wrestler. So I wouldn't be against that idea, even though the gimmick is a bit weird to be your champion is a woman who sleeps most of the time. And wears pajamas to the ring, but but yeah, yeah she, maybe she got a pillow that, fight. <laughs> but outside that, that's that's your top that's your top player, and then like down dropping down, you've got Nikita Lyons, Lash Legend, um, like uh, Electra Lopez, people of that ilk, and they're just none of these people can work. Wow, they're not they're not good enough. They just they are very much the developmental side of developmental. And to be fair, and I want to say this again, I said this a lot with NXT, but there's nothing wrong with that. My only request would be, please take it off of national television and just stick it to your app. Because it's annoying that it's like, here are these people now who have this USA deal because this was less than three years ago, the alternative brand. And now it's something completely different. 
And I think that being on USA hurts it. Hmm. I thought we got uh, more out of that than I was expecting to, because I was just sort of like, meh, the match was meh. It's my second least favorite match of the night. And I was like, all right, Mandy's going to retain. And she did. <laughs> you know, kind of like that's pretty much well, all I had to say. Attack match. Well, we're going to get into it uh, in just a moment. But before we have the uh, poll of who is the hotter couple, is it Duja or is it Index? And Index wins with 89% of the vote, which just pisses off Duke Hudson and Persia Who'd you Perota. vote for, Callum? I'm sure you voted. Who'd you vote for? Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't even know that the poll was up yet. So I didn't even... I didn't even get a chance to the show when they first showed the thing during the pre-show. I guess I walked away for a split second or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so Index wins. You know, they're the baby faces. They win all those polls. Now they have they have they have some sort of mixed tag match. Yeah, next week or the week after or something. That's the the way that this is going to go, and that's the way that it should go. I mean, you have the ability. I I did enjoy your tweet. I did enjoy your tweet about this, Rob. Yeah. What did you say? Which I said, can they all just fucking get it over with? Because that's, that's <laughs> all it is. Like, Indy and Persia don't want to fight. Uh, they just want to have fun with their guys. And I just think they should all just fucking... It, everybody's happy. Oh, well, I know that Duke you Hudson know? apparently used to fuck Indy. So, like, look, uh, <laughs> there's your connection covered, point. Uh, we covered uh, the Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast. The stuff with Nydia and Jamie Noble. That eventually ends with... Nidia, Jamie, was it Billy Gunn and Tori? Yeah. All in bed together? Like, you don't gotta show anything, but if you just a, a little clip, and people laugh, and we can move on. <laughs> I, 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 at this point, I don't think they'd be too ashamed of showing anything at this point, because some of the stuff they were saying and the pre-show and all this stuff as well, it's like, they're, they're making real... Well, it, it's, it's weird, because it's like, it's very obvious innuendo. So I don't think they'd really shy away from doing something that's like pushing the boundaries because this is how you attract the the young audience. You just have people fuck all the time. And you have uh, Jason Jane do the DX crotch chop and <laughs> everything like that. Yeah, exactly. You you just take it back to the 1990s when wrestling was cool. Hmm. I mean, it is it is Sean and Hunter's thing, so we'll see. But then that took us into my least favorite match of the night gunter versus la knight i i literally have even less to say about this match than i did with the uh the women's fatal four-way this did not keep my attention whatsoever dude i don't like obviously but they call him walter gunther whatever if you put him in the ring with braun breaker i'm gonna be very intrigued but like the presentation of him here and L.A. Knight just being there to be fed to him. I didn't care about this. Right. Like, it's, it's like so many different matches that we've seen of Gunther before as Walter were fantastic. And I just like, ultimately didn't give a shit right now. You know, it's wild to me to think about a couple of months ago. This could have been Walter Pete Dunn if you just wanted to do a match like that would have been a fun match. But honestly, if you were going to do this. I would have preferred if this was the match on the pre-show and the tag title change was on the main card. Same here. Uh, so you're both wrong. 
this match was this match was significantly better than the both women's well, matches and it's probably good there, because it's there. two people who can work but i'm just yeah. saying it didn't matter oh no and that's, it, 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 it definitely didn't matter and there was no heat towards it and the crowd kind of ruined it because they keep shouting walter which is the correct way to pronounce his name but at the end of the day <laughs> you're not going to get the change so stop shouting because it's just like taken away from the match like because they're more interested in chanting walter at gunter rather than you know actually getting interested in the match that's the that's the issue that's what again it's i don't say it's entirely w's fault because it's the fans trying it and the fans will do what the fans do but you didn't have to make him didn't have to change his name you didn't have to make him good so you could just make him walter and nothing none of this would ever be happening but you decided to make the change and you're kind of reaping what you sow in that regards now and it's a big detractor in a lot of his matches at this point but yeah, this is probably the worst Gunter Walter match that I've uh, seen on WWE. I think that's mainly due to the fact that LA Knight is a bit of a limited worker. He does wrestle kind of, it's just punches and a few other little spots here and there, but it's nothing super spectacular. And it is interesting to see Walter's, Gunter's physique now. It kind of, it's getting some, it's taking some getting used to. He's looking great, though. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic, and I'm sure it's absolutely for the best for him. It's Mm -hmm. just he doesn't look as intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. I like big barrel trusted. I'm going to kill you, Walter. And I'm sure it's better for him. I'm sure that means that he'll be able to move a lot more agilely. He'll put a lot less um, weight on his body when he's doing like splashes and stuff like that. So it means that it's going to be better for him in the long run and he looks better and he, i'm sure he feels great and all that other stuff so eventually i'll get used to it and eventually it will start to really work for me but at the moment i'm still in that transition of yeah it doesn't look like you can throw people around and beat them up as significantly as before i mean he looked a similar size to la Knight in this match yeah and walter actually works best with guys that are smaller and more mobile that he beats up for the most part whereas he was up against a guy of a similar stature He's not as great of a baby face or a worker in that regard. And that meant that the match was sloppy. So uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that this is a great match or anything. And it wasn't anything that I was super excited about by the end of it. But I still think as a wrestling match, it was far better than the uh, women's fatal four way beforehand. I'll grant you that. So Gunther wins. He offsets a little bit of the damage from Imperium from earlier in the night. They're still not the tag team champions anymore. They still have this awful new theme, but whatever. And then we go to that little heartbeat drum backstage, which I always like. It's always a thumbs up for me. And Braun Breaker grabbing a chainsaw. And when he comes out for his entrance, there's the NXT logo with the uh, paint splatter stuff inside of it, which is Slightly different from the logo that we've got, so it's I don't know what they're really going with there. They didn't know why they didn't just make the logo the way that they have the logo, but whatever. And then he takes the chainsaw and he splits the X. And I wrote this note down to myself. I'm like, wait, he broke the X of the black and gold. Now he's breaking the 2.0 thing. Is he just going to like rechristen the brand every couple of months? Is that Brown Breaker's gimmick? It's yeah, just like I, fuck it. Now it's NXT 3.0, and then a couple months later, 4.0. And like, I wouldn't have done this entrance with Braun simply because, like, honestly, if you're just using blow up letters, get a DZ and have a chance on that, you know? Like, 
Yeah, split if, the DZ makes sense. Yeah, because it it just <clears throat> when he did it to the black and gold, it looked more symbolic of like out of here and with the new, you know. But he's doing it here. It just makes it seem like okay, that's his thing. That he's just gonna beat up the NXT logo for some reason. <laughs> just fuck logos. That's his gimmick. <laughs> he's shown um, backstage with other things, like he's taking like the. Uh, the WrestleMania sign, and he's just bashing the shit out of it with a sledgehammer, and they're like, yo, Brown, what are you doing? He's like, I don't like logos. <laughs> I I very much enjoyed Ziggler in proper Ziggler gear. This is the trunks. Because it seems like that's what Ziggler wears when he cares. And it seems like for this run, he's actually been interested in what he's doing, and he said as much in interviews leading up to this, where he said he's been bored and he's felt stale on the main roster and he's actually excited about what he's doing. So that was fun to see. He was working with a rock because like Ron Breaker, and I mean this in the best way possible because he's going to be world champion one day is just so intense and stiff. And it was a fun match to watch in that regard because Ron Breaker feels like a wrestler, you know? I liked it. I thought this match was incredibly dull. Like, it was so boring. It went on so long, and they weren't doing anything. And Ziggler was, like, having rest holds for half the match. And it picked up towards the end when you started getting, like, Breaker was spearing him all over the place and getting spot spot. But I kind of checked it. To be honest, I kind of checked out as soon as Ziggler took off the turnbuckle pad and they didn't do anything with it. Because I was just thinking, oh, the turnbuckle pad's gone. That's got to play into something. So I was waiting for that to happen. And the fact that that didn't play into the finish until the end, or it played into the finish, I just meant, okay, I'm really not paying attention to anything that's going on in the match because the turnbuckle thing hasn't happened yet. Hmm. I thought so I I'm, missed it. So, like, it went on so long and... When he hit the second spear, I was like, oh, did I miss him hit the buckle already? So when I, obviously, when we get to the finish and then it comes into play, I said, okay, he'll kick out. And I was very surprised. Big of a Ziggler fan as I am, was very surprised that he retained here. Same here. I was not expecting Dolph Ziggler to retain this title. I figured even more so when they did the whole thing where they were like, Lots of championships changing hands tonight. We're going to go into the women's title match. I'm like, okay. Even more so, Mandy Rose is going to retain. Then we got the Gunther match. And Gunther will win that. And it'll be two heels, just one. And then we have Braun Breaker win. Babyface wins. Neither title change. We split up the title belts. You know, all that kind of thing. I was like, all right. Well, you know, I know where I'm getting into. I'm pre-writing up my response of Braun Breaker winning the title and everything. And then the next thing I know is Ziggler hits a super kick. I didn't even see the turnbuckle thing. So the super kick was just like, all right, he's got a super kick and whatever. And then three uh, count happens. And I'm like, whoa, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> I just did not expect that to be the end of the match. And now I am calling in the question. Do they just bring him up to the main roster already? I don't think so. I think that they just want to keep Ziggler in NXT because they're liking the fit. But I do think he eventually loses it to Breaker. I mean, look, if they called him up, I, that's fine. Because he's got a great physique. He's got that it factor. Like, I just feel like he has it. He seems like the second coming of Goldberg more than he does a Steiner. Uh, 
everything he does feels so impactful. He can't work that long, which, you know, very Goldberg-like in that way, but he seems explosive, and I enjoy Braun Breaker. I'm also happy that Ziggler staying on NXT means, cool, he's going to actually do something rather than pop up and say it should have been me every couple of months. It's kind of my, again, big issues with this, beyond just like not super enjoying the match in general. If they are calling Bron Breaker up after this, which I think is it's not a certainty, but it is definitely a possibility considering the result, who does he feud with? Because realistically, Dolph Ziggler on Raw is just a level above a jobber. Mm-hmm. And he just beat Bron Breaker. Which means that he's better than Bro- well, I know it was cheat to win, but by that result, he's better than Bron Breaker. <clears throat> and so, how do you push Bron Breaker beyond that point without him having beaten Dolph Ziggler? And if you just haven't beat on Raw without a title on the line or anything like that, it's just a case of okay, why didn't he just why isn't he just NXT champion then? And that's my big issue with the whole Ziggler thing in general is that he's not just on NXT. If he was just on NXT, I'd be totally fine with it because even though. As has been spoken in the past, I'm not Ziggler's biggest fan. It's because, yeah, he's a big deal compared to a lot of the guys on NXT. He'd be a veteran, having good matches with some younger guys, help them get up to speed and be a good, like, veteran champion for the brand. But the fact is he's still resting on Raw and losing pretty much every week. Which means that it makes him look bad in the eyes of the people that are watching both shows. And then if he beats people in NXT, it means that the guys in NXT are just chumps. Because they're losing to a jobber, essentially. I think uh, there's two answers to this. I think the real answer is that's because they don't figure this stuff out ahead of time to properly balance things. And I think that the WWE answer is, fuck you, we're going to say that Braun Breaker is a former NXT champion and we're going to act like none of this matters and you don't watch it anyway. So if we have him on Monday Night Raw fighting Omas... And he beats the shit out of Moss. We're just going to go, wow, it's a great match uh, for Braun Breaker. New upstart in Monday Night Raw roster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, guess, I guess we've got to think about it in context because realistically, probably about 10,000 people watch this show anyway. Because it's it's on the middle of the day before WrestleMania. Who's really going to, well, not everyone is as sadomasochistic as we are. <laughs> and I mean, that being said, I do believe the collective was packed and that's also the thing is listen NXT didn't have the hype going into this event that they would have going into a takeover two years ago you know this is kind of like that's the new NXT and it's not in the middle of the day do you really want to go to that or do you want to go mm-hmm. meet William Regal at WrestleCon almost every single person that I know whether they follow this stuff as much or even just casually either forgot that NXT was today or they just didn't care so it's a not like this moment was... writer Ben was like, yeah, Wait, what time is NXT? Oh, it's in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not the strongest event for NXT. It's very much indicative of the fact that this whole 2.0 thing is just not as good as the black and gold era was. And with that in mind, I still did enjoy the show, but it's graded show. on a curve. If this was compared to like a black and gold show, this would be crap compared to it, but a black and gold show was just better. So <laughs> that's how it works. This was fine. Uh, there's some I, parts that I didn't like to 
embrace that NXT is no longer what I want it to be. So, yeah, I thought this was fun. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next time that they have a takeover. I don't know if I can watch this week to week, but I will always watch the takeovers slash special events or whatever they call them now. Yeah, so overall, I thought this was fine. It was pretty unoffensive in general. Things, obviously, I didn't like, but there's things I liked as well. And I think I'm going to look upon this more negatively after WrestleMania, though, because I had to watch this for two and a half hours, <laughs> where I could have been napping before WrestleMania instead. So <laughs> I wonder so. if by the time we get back here for the WrestleMania post-show tonight, if Calum's just going to be like, oh, that fucking NXT show... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it kind of I kind of get the pressure of like as a standalone show, show it was fine to watch. Like it was an easy watch for the most part. But just in the overall context of the day, it's probably something that I could have done without. Yeah, I mean, if this would have been just on the TV show on Tuesday, it did seem a bit like it did seem like a bit of like just a special episode of NXT. Yeah. I did Sorry. like seeing them in the arena, though. Like, it felt mm-hmm. good to see them in an arena. I mean, anytime that you've got a bigger crowd, it, it's probably going to help it. Of course, it depends on the crowd a little bit, too. But all things considered, right now, despite the fact that I am feeling sick and I am tired and all that stuff, I'm feeling pretty optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be feeling that same way later on tonight after WrestleMania, but... At least I'm not going into this with like, oh, this was so terrible, and now I'm really pissed or something. There's some stuff I didn't like about this, but overall, it gets a thumbs up for me. And uh, we want to know what you guys have to say, so drop a comment below. Tell us your thoughts. Thank you to Marquise for the uh, super chat. Here's two bucks for no reason. (laughs) For any reason it is. It's still really appreciated, so thank you for that. And um, we will be seeing you guys later on tonight, of course, after night one of WrestleMania. But in the meantime chat it up hit the like button subscribe do all that good stuff check out the t public and red bubble shops for the merchandise side of things uh i mentioned at the beginning of this check out fanboysanonymous.com <laughs> for everything that's happening over there like the uh morbius review that caroline and i did and i've got a couple other articles coming out and stuff so you will find all that stuff all at tony mango where apparently i am uh an aew <laughs> shill uh i i didn't Which, know that i got paid extra from them to hate on that uh i would have thought that all the times that i talk bad about aew and get called a wwe fanboy that you know i'm just uh taking money from both sides and doing that aren't i let's <laughs> just be honest you're, you're you're just awful tony thank you yeah i I'm, I'm the worst but um that's happening i'll be tweeting here and there so follow me there follow what these guys have going on follow them on their social media and Everything else that uh, they want to plug, Rob? Yeah, follow me at Dude Felice. Follow Fightful. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp should be on his way home from Dallas after being punched in the balls by Denise Salcedo and thrown over the top at the clusterfuck. So he'll be on the WrestleMania review show for Fightful. I'll be over here talking to Tony and Callum about whatever happens tonight. Follow everything going on with Fightful Select, because if Cody hits the building, I'm sure Fightful Select's going to have it first. Um, Yeah. Callum? 
Yep, you can follow me on Twitter at Weekmeister14. Check out early today. I published the final edition of the power rankings for the 2021-2022 season. So you can see who finished top of the standings, who got the most number one spots, all of that stuff. So you use the, like in the final positions at the end of the year, at the end of the year because as of well next week and post WrestleMania it all resets. We start right from the beginning again. So make sure you check all out every single edition as well going forward and yeah i think that can round off of there because we've got a lot more talking to do like, yeah holy shit wrestling starts in an hour yeah it's crazy isn't it <laughs> so oh, one good God. benefit about me doing this with the live thing with the obs and all that i don't have to do as much editing so this will be up already and uh yeah, i'll see you guys in a couple hours or so but in the meantime adios for now we'll see you then everybody this has been another smart out moment and we are being counted out <laughs>